Hey friends, welcome to the Johnson City Living Podcast where we learn about the people, places, events, and flavors that make Johnson City a lovely place to live. It is a beautiful early-ish fall day here in Johnson City. I'm here with a good friend of mine, Timothy Birchfield. He is an entrepreneur in our area. He runs probably the busiest Chick-fil-A I've ever seen. They had to shut it down for a while. It was so busy and rebuild it so they could get more people in there. And so um, I'm just excited to talk to you this morning, Tim. Thanks for coming in and being on the podcast. Yeah, Colin. Thanks for inviting me. How long have you lived in Johnson City or the Johnson City area? I know you live outside the city limits. I moved here in January of 1975. 1975? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was born in 73, so you've been here a while. I've been here a while. <laughs> as soon as I graduated from... University of Tennessee, uh, moved up here. Okay. What did you get your degree in at UT? My degree's in marketing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I got a horticulture degree from UT, and I've got a a son there now working on some kind of degree. We'll figure out what it is. He just got going. Everybody had to go somewhere. Everybody had to go somewhere. I went there because it was the closest school to my house. Oh. I would have much rather gone to ETSU. Okay. Which is where my wife went. Ah, nice. Tell me about your wife. Well, I've been married 41 years. Mm-hmm. My wife, Molly, and she uh, came up here in 1974 to play tennis at oh. the ETSU. She was on the tennis team with Pete Zanis. And, yeah. And a longtime resident here. And so. Uh, we've lived here most of our lives, lived in Atlanta for a f- few years, but um, been here ever since. And you've got a few kids with Miss Molly, right? Got four kids. Three of them live here. One lives in Nashville or in Franklin. Okay. And so it's a son, my oldest is son, three daughters. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you... Being here since 75, or yeah. probably a, yeah. almost a foremost authority on the area by now, right? You've been here. You've seen a lot happen. You, you, yeah, you've watched it develop. Well, I mean, I, I can tell I was country before country was cool. I can tell you that. <laughs> I like it. It was a lot, it's a, it was a lot uh, less expensive to get here then than it is now, so. However, the cost, you know, of living and scale and all that, it's still, yeah, probably, you're right. It's not, we weren't metropolitan back in 75. It was, no. it was a little cheaper. It's starting to get a little, a lot more expensive to live here. Um, we got right. a lot of people visiting, for sure. You probably see um, a ton of different license plates run through your your establishment every day. Yeah, it's, um, we're, we're considered an interstate store, so mm-hmm. that's one of the, one of the reasons we were in a pretty big hurry to get back to a normal operating because we knew people traveling did need they'd need to get out and stress, they'd need to walk around a little bit, they'd mm-hmm. need to use a restroom, mm-hmm. then they'd want to get back in the car and continue on. And so we that was uh, in April we made a decision to get back open and um, just kind of defy the odds and mm-hmm. the things and get back to a normal what a normal business should look like yeah so i I jumped ahead a little bit for our listeners you run a chick-fil-a in johnson city how long Mm -hmm. have you been doing that 
39 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So How did you... Okay, so there wasn't a Chick-fil-A in our area at that point, right? There was one in the mall. In the mall, yeah. Just celebrated 50th anniversary. Okay. So we were, we were there. It opened in 1980 in the new, in the, what would be called the new addition to the mall in 1980s when we came in. Okay. Not yeah. me as the owner, but right. there was another Chick-fil-A. owner. Right. And then so you went there, you're like, Mm, this is a good chicken sandwich. No. <laughs> how'd no, you get no. the? I, I how'd was, you get the scratch? I, the I, I, I was living in Atlanta at the time. Ah. I was working for a uh, Belgian family that mm-hmm. owns Food Line, the family by the name of the Del Hayes family, huh. and uh, uh, they were socialists. Probably some of the most dishonorable people I'd ever run into. But I didn't know that until I got there and okay. began to work for him. And so my conversation with some of my friends in Atlanta was, do you know an honorable place that I might look for a job? Mm. And one of them suggested Chick-fil-A. And, and I said, you know, I'm working for a big corporation. I said, I, I, don't, I can't see myself working for a little sleepy fried chicken company. And, uh, but I did need some, I did need to polish up my skills, interviewing skills. Yeah. So I thought, well, heck, I'll go down there and interview, get gamed up. So I'll be ready when the big interview comes, I'll be ready to, uh, um, have my skills up with interviewing and I'll be ready for the big interview. And so I went down there and it was, you know, um, Spoke to the founder of our company, and uh, because I had buying experience, I was a buyer for this grocery company. Oh, gotcha. And they were looking for a buyer. They wanted me to become their buyer. And um, um, so we spent the next six weeks talking about what I might do with them. And what attracted me to them was not Chick-fil-A. I'd never eaten Chick-fil-A. What attracted me to them was it was honorable people mm-hmm. and that's what what I was attracted to mm-hmm. and then they found out that I had lived in Johnson City and my wife had gone to school in Johnson City and the, the Chick-fil-A in Johnson City was available and so through a series of uh, probably 10 or 15 interviews uh, Truett Cathy offered me to move back here and take the Chick-fil-A that was here. Nice. And so... What number store was that at that time? It was store number 303. So... That's still pretty good. I mean... Um, that That's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> still early um, in the game. We... Um, what year was that? Do you remember? It was 1983. Okay. 1983. And we... Um, we now have 3,500 restaurants and our new... Uh, our new CEO that is the grandson of our founder just announced that he wants to build 8,000 more. 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 So I will hopefully be dead and gone by then. <laughs> uh, Do they have or, a timeline or, or at on least, that? Or at least gone. Yeah. At least gone. 
And uh, I don't know. I, I That's a lot of stories. I mean, I know I'm, I've known him since he was a little boy, so I can't wait. Is that wait. Dan, Kathy? Is, Dan is the son that uh, was the sure CEO, okay. and he became the chairman, and his son, Andrew, became the new CEO. So I can't wait to run into Andrew and ask him where did, 8, where did he come up with that crazy idea. <laughs> Well, it's built on. I mean, they're they're all believers, right? And so, no, no. Okay, I thought that was kind no, of the case. No, the. Um, I mean, there's always there's there are all kinds of rumors about us as a company, mm-hmm. and um, um, that's against the law, by the way. To oh, is it? to be yeah, just to, to to segment yourself like that. Ah, I didn't know that. Um, but our founder would tell well, you. Well, not saying everybody there was believers. Yeah, our founder would tell you we are a company that's built on biblical principles. Okay. And there's a lot of companies built on big biblical principles. It's good to be loyal. It's good mm. to be honest. It's mm-hmm. good to uh, um, be true to yourself. And um, and he just you know the. the a lot of it was confused because we're closed on Sunday, and you know the, the story goes back to his first week in business in 1946. He and his brother opened this little 24-hour-a-day restaurant, and he um, and I've sat with him before and heard him tell the story. He said we were so tired <laughs> on Saturday night. He said. We didn't think we could go another day. And he said, we also didn't know what we were going to tell our mother, what reason we were going to give her why we weren't in church the next morning. He said, it'd be a whole lot easier if we just didn't open. Yeah. And they didn't. And it's been that way for Never over seen. 60 years. So That's it's, cool. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, um, um, and, and we've, you know, we would, Absolutely say there's no such thing as a Christian company. There's companies that are made up of people of faith. Thank you for correcting me. And that's the, um, you know, and we, our, our business model is that we might treat you with honor and dignity and respect, and you'll get that for free. Mm-hmm. That doesn't cost you, it doesn't cost us anything to give it to you, it doesn't cost you anything to get it. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of want that to be part of what sets us apart as a business. Yeah. And so we encourage the, the I mean, we're straightforward with the people that work for us. This is a business run on biblical principles, and we'd like you to follow them. Mm-hmm. Do you get pushback on that? You don't have to be a believer. We just right. like you to follow them. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you don't get much pushback because you get people lined up. To- we, we get zero yeah. pushback. Yeah, which is great. So store 303, um, it's, where did you open that store in Johnson City? It was in the mall. So you were the in the mall? The upper floor of okay. the mall, yeah. The current food court is down in the in bottom, the bottom right, right there. Right, yeah. If you look right up top on the railing, uh-huh. that's where we were. There was no food I'm court. I'm trying to remember this. Across from like the gold mine? Yeah. Remember the gold mine? Next, yeah. Right next to the gold mine. Right next to the gold right mine. Right next okay. to the gold yeah. mine. yeah. yeah. Not a, that I would go in there and play, spend any time in there. Play but, any video uh, games whatsoever. I just looked looked from outside. 
Right. You're probably a, you probably had the hassle. There was a football machine in there. I won't lie. There was a football machine in there I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. Got to go um, just zone out a little bit here and there probably while you're running a, a big operation. Okay. So you were upstairs in the mall for how long? When did they? Mm, probably about eight years before they put the food court in. Okay. And then we moved downstairs. Gotcha. And uh, wasn't long after that that we built the restaurant out on People Street. Okay. And so, any any sort of ownership in the mall one still or no? Did you have to? No, of I have had a new both operator? of them for eight years. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And then, um, I decided I only wanted one job. Yeah. And so I gave that one back to Chick Fil A. Okay. And then they resold it. Gotcha. And tell me, and then so you're on People Street, which is right beside my, kind of real close to our office. I get to mm-hmm. watch, I've watched oh, yeah. it all happen. I, oh, yeah. I walk over there yeah. for lunch occasionally. Um, tell me how you had the vision to put it there, because when you were looking, that was just a pasture, right? It was a pasture. It's part of a big farm. Of the the sales family owned about everything up and down. They really there. do. They got it. And uh, um, that was their that was their farm. And I'd gotten a uh, John Campbell, city manager then. He and I were good friends, and kind of gotten a tip on the the development the city was going to put State of Franklin, which was our version of a Beltway, mm-hmm. uh, in, and that. That piece of property, there was a uh, company in Atlanta that was good friends with Chick-fil-A that was doing the development. And so the word kind of got out, hey, would you guys like to put a Chick-fil-A there? And and, uh, so I began looking, and when I went over there, there wasn't even – the road they named wasn't even there. Right. And there wasn't anything. And finally, they put some gravel down but down the middle of this pasture and and began to uh, – you began to sort of see things taking place and, and starting to develop. And and so our president at the time was on the board at Milligan College. And so he would come up here twice a year for board meetings. And he was here one time and – and we were going back and forth um, on where was the best place to put one in Johnson City. Mm-hmm. They wanted to put one in on Run Street right in front of the mall. Sure. And because that's where that's All the where everything go. was. Yeah, that's we've got 40 restaurants and, on, and, the, on the Run Street. And if you came out there to where you and I are located now, that was in the country. Yeah. I mean, was it was nothing. in the country. It was right. the end of town. And so um, – he and I rode down through there, and, and I was driving him down this little gravel road, and he, he looked at me. He goes, he said, and there's still cows in the, in the, in the, there's still cows on the, pa- in the pasture. On the road, yeah. And he said, is, is, this a, is this a farm? And I said, I said, it is a farm. I said, but this is going to be the biggest retail development in the region right here. Mm-hmm. And. He said, you think this is where we need to go? And I said, I sure do. And he said, well, then this is where we'll go. He trusted you. 
Yeah, and he called our real estate guys in Atlanta and said, okay, we've got a spot. And um, by the time we got open, of course, Home Depot was there mm-hmm. and the rest of the development was building. And then um, all of it kind of built out. Kmart opened about the same time yep. Home Depot did. And and so it it became the sort of cornerstone of retail for, for the region. Yeah. For a long time, yeah, still is. Yeah, I guess you probably um, you were from the area, so you could kind of see that coming. But still, kind of, I mean, a risky move, right, at that time. Yes, very risky, very risky. It's uh, and there's some similar conditions going on now that um, in some parcels that are trying to be developed that are that are risky. I mean, it's it's. You know, I think we still fall under the sort of the mall concept that there is synergy in numbers. Mm. So none of us can stand alone. There's very few retailers that can stand alone with just their customer base. Right. And so they depend on this synergy of retail to bring people in. Mm-hmm. And that's... Um, um, there, there, uh, you hardly ever see anybody go out by themselves and try to do it by themselves. Right. And so, um, and there's only going to be one target. There's only going to be some of these things. There's only going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And so it's where they choose to go where they, choose, you know, there's only going to be one Sam's club. And so yeah. it's, you can't put one the next exit up and, <laughs> you know, Right. They right. just won't do it. Um, yeah, the, and so the mall just celebrated fifty its 50th anniversary. That's we actually right. went by there. They were That's having a big right. celebration. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was cool. We got free ice cream from uh, Mimi's, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. And um, and so as, a, I guess, somebody who knows kind of the market and retail and has been a part of the mall, it's, I have a fear that, you know, with, as we sprawl, right? I mean, they're looking at a different development kind of North Johnson City further up by the Cracker Barrel exit. Mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty big. And I think, I mean, from what I'm seeing, and like a, if we take notes from Bristol, right, the Pinnacle came in and the Bristol Mall just died. Yep. I think that would be extremely detrimental to Johnson City to move all that retail out there um, in the mall. Because I just, I mean, I grew up here. I love the mall. I, I think it's just great to be able to walk around and just buy stuff all at one yeah. place, one-stop shop. What are your thoughts there? Well, I don't I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to happen because of the, the mall is adding five more businesses. Uh, the fact that, um, Home goods is there. It was a big statement for the, the for the value of that property, yeah. and the thousand apartments behind it is another statement of value for that. Mm. Um, you know, if I was, and I have speculated some of what's going to happen at Boone's Creek. Unfortunately. For the people that live out there, I would say that's a perfect spot put to put a big flying J truck stop. Um, 
It's a good point. We don't have one of those. And there's, um, I just don't see, I just don't see any opportunity for retail to be out there. And it's still, you go to Boone's Creek and Gray, that's the economic center of the region. Right. High, highest incomes in in the, in the region or in, the, in that area. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to continue to be a very big residential area, but it's only four miles down to the retail center. Right. So you're so not, it's kind of you're hard. not gaining a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, having lived in, having lived in Atlanta, um, that's nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's nothing. <laughs> I mean, and here that's actually four minutes, four miles. Yeah. is four minutes. Yeah, away. yeah. People May. say, "Why would you? Why would you live in Boone's Creek and go all the way down to People Street to shop?" Yeah, it's like because it's five minutes. That's right. why it's I just mean, it's another like, exit. Yeah, yeah. It's so not it's, like yeah, a it's, it's 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 really it's it's really hard now. And I tell you, from from my thinking, is I'm very thankful to be on the fringes. Of the next big wave of development being the casino district, I'm very content to be 15 miles away. Gotcha. Yes, and so for our listeners, we have a the Bristol Mall in Bristol, Tennessee, um, has been redeveloped and turning into a casino. And the Hard Rock, I think, is going to run it, right? Yeah, and the Pinnacle will end up with a casino as well. Really? Yeah, they're, they're a portion of their property is on the Virginia side, mm-hmm. and they're developing uh, a casino there. Huh? It's uh, I think it's going to be a Harris. Oh, okay. Casino. That's that's new. I heard it here yeah. on the podcast. So they're. Um, that's exciting. Yeah, I guess. I, I like guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Well, uh, you know, I've I've only been to Cherokee once. Yeah, and I wasn't overly impressed, but hopefully, yeah, this will be a cut above that. Carly and I will we'll say, all right, we each have fifty bucks. We're gonna have, you know, it'd be a, a fun night if we went somewhere and spent a hundred dollars. So we're gonna spend fifty bucks. If we yeah. flush it down the toilet. It's okay. Yeah. So we yeah. just kind of look at it as an entertainment thing, and yeah, um, hopefully that's how everybody looks at it. But yeah. unfortunately, there's a lot of people who don't. Um, t- let's get back to a little bit about Johnson City. Tell me your favorite thing about our area in Johnson City. Boy, I like I like living as a as an entrepreneur. I like living ten miles north of the snow line, mm-hmm. so that um, you can see snow. Mm-hmm. But you don't always have to accommodate all it takes to clear it and do all that for your business. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you can uh, top the hill going towards the university and see that whole mountain range mm-hmm. and see all that and just kind of be nestled in here. And I I kind of like that that it's not a spot of tourism. Um, we just attended a wedding down in Wears Valley, my nephew, and which we're we're on the northern slope of the same mountain range. And you know, every time I'm down there, I think I'd rather take a bullet in the foot than come down here. <laughs> and 
And I can't wait to get back home yeah. where I have the same, everything's the same except no Ferris wheels and go-kart tracks. And, and it's just a normal place where people live. So I've, I've really enjoyed that. I love, I love the proximity of where we live. 30 years ago, uh, we were told that all of America would be moving to the Sun Belt. And that this is the they named the Sun Belt. Said Tennessee is the Sun Belt, and they said all of America will be moving into the Sun Belt. And I thought, come on, no, that's no, that's not going to happen. Well, guess what? That's what's happening. Starting to happen. Yeah, I mean, big companies are moving their Mm -hmm. uh, headquarters here, and because it's a favorable favorable place to live, favorable tax structure, and it's all coming here. Yeah. Are you um, on any boards or development authorities and looking at stuff that's coming down the pike? No. Um, um, no, I, I don't I don't consider myself a good board member. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not play well with others? <laughs> well, I just, I, I'm probably a little too honest with, I've been on some boards mm-hmm. and, and and uh, um, even kicked myself off. My wife grew up in the same neighborhood with the Haslam family, and so when Bill Haslam became governor, he and I have known each other for years, way before he was governor, and so he asked me to serve on the Department of Labor board, and I did uh, for two terms and uh, ended up... Uh, I missed, I was traveling quite a bit for our company, and so I would miss the meetings, and they remind me of the minutes of the uh, board requirements that you had to attend a certain amount of meetings, and so I kind of fired myself off of it. I thought he would not let me get off, but he, somebody accepted my resignation, so I got off, and, and I haven't. Haven't looked back. No, I haven't. Uh, haven't gone back. So, well, um, what do you see in, um, in the future for Johnson city, like five, 10, 20 years out? What do you, we are seeing a ton of people moving here. We're seeing some development happening. Um, Like you said, we're seeing some companies move here. Well, I, I think we, it won't be, I think within five years, we will probably surpass Asheville as a destination because it's going to be developed so much more pleasing for all of our developments going to be within about a square mile. And so it's going to become much more pedestrian friendly to mm-hmm. come and be here and and that's the, been the city's commitment, and there's uh, lots and lots of um, developers purchasing property to develop to support that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're um, there's a lot of things nationally that we're going to have to deal with Tennessee 
I don't know if you know, but Tennessee is home to, I don't know, probably a million undocumented illegals. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as we get the infrastructure legislation passed, which that could be who knows when, mm-hmm. um, immigration will be the next thing on the docket. And so uh, there's actually two issues. There's migration and there's immigration. Immigration are the people that are here and have been here. Mm-hmm. Migration are the people coming to the border and coming across. Mm-hmm. And so you've got, uh, they've yet to separate those two. And for us, uh, there's a huge Hispanic population in Unicoi County. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tons of workers. And um, and then there's, um, you know, we, thank goodness our governor has, has been identifying when the uh, Homeland Security loads a bunch of people up on an airplane and takes them to different places around the country, he has blocked them from landing in Tennessee. There's still a bunch that got dropped off in Tennessee before he figured it out, but thank goodness none here. Right. And so, but that's still, we're, we're going to have to uh, deal with that. And um, um, and so I'll be playing a part in that um, when it happens Um one of my responsibilities for our company was to help with the philanthropic part of the Kathy family. Mm-hmm. And so I traveled internationally quite a bit. And one of my, uh, part of my travels been in Central America and befriended some, this group of businessmen in Guatemala. And um, they're all young. Mm-hmm. And these guys, uh, it happens a lot in developing in the developing world. They grow up, and some of them end up with big jobs. So, of this group of eight young guys that I met, four of them are now ambassadors around the world. Oh wow! And uh, and so one of them, as a gesture of our friendship, had me appointed consul to Guatemala. So um That's cool. That uh takes about two years. The Department of State has to approve you and so over on Hanover at Summit Leadership we operate a consulate for Guatemala. That's awesome. And uh, and it's there available for anybody that is here from Guatemala that needs assistance. Uh, the Department of State came in, and there is a room there about the size of this room mm-hmm. that's designated as Guatemalan soil. And so it's... Uh, Where is this located? It's, it's in Summit Leadership. Okay. It's in the uh, boardroom there. Mm-hmm. It's what's been designated. So uh, I didn't know that. That's cool. If you're ever in there, you can go back there and... Step take, on Guatemalan take, soil. Take a look at it, all the official stuff's there. and so, But it's there specifically to help... 
I'll be helping when it's safe for them to come forward. Mm-hmm. I'll be directing them to the consulate in Atlanta or the embassy in Washington to get their begin the process of getting documents, not citizenship. They'll get documents so they'll be able to uh, become citizens. Well, just be able to be here legally, right? I mean, just imagine. Cards and just that imagine of- if you had to live here without any documents. Oh, I'm sure it's a nightmare. You couldn't own a car. You couldn't. You, you couldn't even get sign up for electricity in your home, or you wouldn't even have a home. Right. You just you know, it's it's really a, a kind of a shameful life, and and we need to address it and, mm-hmm. and give these people their dignity back and mm-hmm. help them. So that that's um, and. This is the only consulate between Washington and Atlanta, so um, that's cool. Yeah, so it's right here, and and uh, I got to um, spend. I, it was probably three, four or five days in Guatemala at an orphanage. This was probably twelve years ago, ten years ago, somewhere in there. Yeah, and just a life changing experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Just um, yeah. Guatemala City is just crazy busy, and yeah. So that yeah, I'm 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 excited that you're helping out with that. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. So, um, yeah, I'm, that'll be interesting. That's a neat thing I had didn't even know about. Thanks for sharing that. And so our listeners, if you're from Guatemala, you have a consulate here now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up? But tell me what you love most about your job. At Chick, running a Chick Fil A for thirty nine years. Um, well, I I do I do love the hospitality business. Mm-hmm. I love. Um, of course, I have one hundred and seventy people that work for me that do almost a hundred percent of the um, extension of hospitality, mm-hmm. and uh, but I love building into them and watching them serve people with honor and dignity and respect as a as an honor to our founder who that was his heart's desire was that we would make a difference with people and that we would uh, serve some good food we would give uh, extend hospitality to them and that the results we would get, we wouldn't, if we did all these things, we wouldn't have to worry about the results we would get, that we'd always be pleased with what we got. So our focus, um, I don't ever focus on sales. I don't focus on profit. I, I, I mainly focus on our place of business becoming a destination that people come to to feel cared for and that's we know the rest of it will follow right yeah and i think chick-fil-a has done an amazing job of that i mean people just come there because every time you get there you're going to meet somebody smiling and you just feel loved and taken care of and i mean it's such a destination too now you guys don't even have i mean like menus really like everybody kind of knows what's already on there i mean by because by the time you get up to the to the menu wall i mean you're you're well down the road i mean you've already paid you've already yeah yeah. 
So, and with the mobile app, everybody, you know, you've got yeah. a menu there, but it's, well, um, we joke about the experience about what do we want people to experience. It's, it's real, real simple. We want, uh, um, clean restaurant with a great team and food that you can't get anywhere else. And, um, and we've joked about that people come in, they get some great food, they get treated with honor, and they um, go out in their car and they're trying to figure out what what just happened to me. And they go, I don't, I don't know, but I'm going back tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going back tomorrow because I like the way I felt when I was there. Yeah. And that's kind of what we, we, we kind of describe it as there's a kind of a spirit in the business that attracts people. Mm. And that's kind of what we try to make sure we're creating that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think you're, you're doing a fantastic job. So kudos to you. Well, I know you, you said, we talked a few days ago and you've got a few more years left in you. And so, um, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch you continue to lead that store. Well, and hopefully you won't have to shut it down and, um, rebuild the drive through again, but, we I'm are sure actually looking, we are actually shutting down in January. We're not shutting down, <laughs> but we're um, we're doing another million dollar reinvestment there. Um, we're figuring out that there's a few things we can do that would make it even faster, and so uh, our corporation's coming in and in sometime mid-December and starting a million-dollar project. Oh, wow. To, it won't, it's not going to interrupt business. Sure. We're going to, we've already figured out how to redesign things to, to to stay open, but there'll be a lot of work going on. And you're, I mean, you just got open last year, right? And Or a year and a half ago? We were, we're opened. The new. Two years ago, last week. Okay. So congratulations on two years in yeah. the new building. Yeah. And it, I think it's always interesting how you're, you guys are kind of seeing what can we do differently? How can we, I mean, two years ago you had, you had the master plan. You thought it was perfect um, and spent <laughs> probably hundreds of hours looking at the plans and figuring out traffic flow and yeah. how do we yeah. have our, our staff take good care of our folks and move them through quickly and get through 70,000 transactions a month. That's just amazing to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, what do you see as a thing? Um, just cause I know you're a believer men can do to be better husbands, fathers, and leaders in our area in America overall. Well, I, um, I would say the problem, what I would say is, I refresh myself every morning with a good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get a good word from uh, the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I would say is surround yourself with a group of men that will walk with you through your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, our buddies say we, we love each other no matter what. Yep. Right. No matter what. Right. Um, anything I forgot to ask you you'd like to share? No, I don't I don't 
I don't think so. How can our listeners connect with Tim Birchfield? Besides um, driving through, because we got listeners all over the world, we're getting people calling and saying, "Hey, I listen to well, your podcast." Don't, don't don't try social media. I decided my life is better without that. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm not saying I won't ever again, but right. I probably won't ever again. Yeah. I have a lot of people working for me that do all that, but I've decided to drop out of that. Yeah, um, it's, it's I, I'm easy to find. Yeah. I work, I work, I work time. every day. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, I don't say I work. I'm there every day. <laughs> so. Yes, you are. Oh, and some people might find you on a, a bike trail because often I I'm, see on the back of your no car cow, no cow car, you've got a, um, a bike sitting there. So I will probably five days a week. I'm on one of the rail trails. Is that what you like here. locally? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the Tweetsie Trail or. Mm-hmm. Go up to Damascus and yeah, yeah we've got yeah. some great rails to trails. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks sure. for sharing sure. um, your Pleasure. story. And um, I'm sure people who are listening are going to love to know more about you and they can come by and meet you in person yeah, at, sure. at Chick-fil-A. He's over on People Street near our office. And um, for our listeners, thanks so much for spending some time with me and, um, Listening until next time, I'm Colin Johnson with the Colin and Carly Group and Keller Williams Realty. If you want to sell your home or make a move to Johnson City to be closer to Tim Birchfield and Chick-fil-A, <laughs> I would love to help you do that. So um, give me a call. Thanks and have a wonderful day.